0: Hello, this is the Live Dragons Did They Fight? audio series, and I am so thrilled today to be with Diane. I I love Diane. I love her. I've gotten to know her in Mothers Who Know, and I'm so grateful for her influence in our Mothers Who Know group. I'm thankful for her insight and for her, she's very teachable, and she's also really knowledgeable. And those are two characteristics that are so cool to have together. And oftentimes we see them by themselves. So she makes a big difference whenever she adds her insight in Mothers You Know. And I'm excited for you to meet her. So before we go into the whole story about how did you find life changing services and all that, tell us just a little bit about about you as a girl, like you as, as a woman, like what kind of gal are you? What do you like to do? And a little bit about your family. So, so that people listening will know, Oh, that is a real girl. Okay. Well, I'm 50
1: years old. I, I know what, what woman admits that, but we're so the same. I, <laughs> I am a mother of four oldest is about 28 and one grandchild with one on the way in his little family. And so that is like the most exciting part of my life right now is being a grandma. It is all the joy without any of the pain, Mm -hmm. not any of the (laughs) hardships of raising a child. But I have three other children, another married daughter, a son out of high school, not quite knowing what he wants to do yet. And my youngest still in high school. So we're still doing the parent thing and experiencing a lot of new things. But me, myself, something about me, I love the water. I love to scuba dive and snorkel and just recently swam with the sharks. So it was a lot of fun.
0: That is awesome. That's awesome. Okay, I didn't know some of those things about you, and I didn't know we were the same age. It's good to know. So tell us a little bit about how your journey to finding, I need more support for my family, and how that came up, how you discovered, oh, I need more support for my family, and then how you found Life Changing Services.
1: Okay. So um, about a year and a half ago, our youngest daughter, who had previously been so happy-go-lucky, a straight-A student, all of a sudden her grades just dropped to D's and F's, and she was so moody and upset all the time, and we were just trying to figure out what was going on, and she started making some very interesting choices. We were really worried about her and I just was prompted to go and read her journal. And I've never done that with any of my children, but I just like three days in a row, I'm just like, you need to go and read her journal. And so I went and I picked it up and my heart sank. She had made some choices that caused her to really doubt her self worth. She contemplated suicide was talking about trying drugs to dull the pain all those things that would cause any mom to to have alarms going off and I'm not sure if I handled it right I took the journal to her just so she knew I had read it so we could talk about it and as you can imagine she was very very angry and from that point on oh my goodness life in our home was like a war zone. No matter what I tried and said, it, it just was not helping. And I, I look back now and I see that I was really operating off of a lot of fear. And so the things I would say and do were not perceived very well. Anytime I do anything without the spirit, it usually does not have a very good outcome I found. So, we tried a few things. We tried a counselor, which we probably should have vetted better. She pretty much was her buddy and her friend and was telling her, well, I would have done things so much differently than your mother. I would have never read your ger- I mean, just things. And we didn't know exactly what was happening, but we just knew that things were not getting better. They were getting worse. And so... In trying to find the right thing, my husband, who's in the Bishop Brick in our ward, had someone from Life Changing Services come and talk to them. And he's like, Diane, we need to read this book. And so he gave me the PDF, and I started reading it one night as I was going to bed and could not put it down until I fell asleep sometime in the early hours of the morning. And when I woke up, the first thing I wanted to do was to just finish reading. And I just stayed in bed and finished reading that book. And it was so eye-opening to me. As Maurice was talking in there about how Satan talks to us, I was like, that is that is what I've been hearing in my own head all these years, the way he comes at you First. And then he tells you how terrible you are once you've, once you fall or you, or you're in the cycle and you find yourself just cycling as it just gets worse and you just, oh my goodness, and you cannot think straight. You're so sure of your reality in that moment, but it's not reality is what I found. Anyways, so it was just, It it was just an eye-opener. And I had previously, um, through a new counselor that my daughter was seeing, he talked to us about a technique to just kick those thoughts out in the first three seconds, and you don't have to experience the emotions. And I found an interesting thing. And remember, this is pre-reading the book. I found that even after I started experiencing the emotion, I was able to, I was still able to kick it. And wasn't quite sure why, because he was saying that shouldn't be working, but it was working. But after I read the book, I saw that in my process of kicking those thoughts out of my head, I was using the Mama Bear chemical, which was working. So when I read it, I already saw the value of it. I saw how it would work. I can imagine other people reading it and going, is that really going to work? How do I do this? Well, for me... I immediately saw that's what I've been doing mm-hmm. and that's why it was working so well. So for me, I felt like I was just a couple of steps ahead there because I'm like, wow, this is working. But the the only thing that talked about in the book was the, the sons of Helaman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they have to have, they have to have a female version of this. And so I was just waiting until the weekend was over to make a phone call and my husband, he was yes, you know, the weekend he's busy with his bishop brick stuff. And but I, I got him in his you know in his room for a second, and I'm just like, hey, um I just can't wait till Monday to call and find out if they have a female version of the sons of Helaman. And he says, oh, they do. I'm like, they do. Why didn't you tell me? Anyways, cause I'm sure it was just a few hours, but to me, it was just like anticipation big time to find mm-hmm. out. And so the next thing I did is I made a phone call and we played phone tag for a long time and someone was traveling out of the state and I didn't get my daughter into the program until the until probably a month and a half later, which... Mm-hmm for me seemed like a long time. I wanted her in right now. Putting her in the program, I heard that they had a mother support group, which I was really anticipating. I wanted to be a part of it. And so I'm texting the person who I was working with that was reminding me each month or each week about the group. And if, if my daughter was going to participate And I'm like texting her saying, I need to have that information. I need to know how to get on that group. And it took her a couple of weeks to get it to me. I don't know why. I'm sure everybody has their busy lives. And so um, the very first time I got on, I went on early just to make sure I knew how it worked. And you were on with the 9 o'clock class. Mm -hmm. And I was like, am I supposed to be here? This isn't my class. I better leave. And so I left. And then I came back at 10.30 and I think it took me a couple of weeks to realize I could participate in both. But from that moment on, every Tuesday I was participating, I was taking notes, I was listening, I was filling my reservoir. And the support that I got from there was immeasurable. I love it. And I started telling other people and I don't know if they ever came or not. A lot of times you don't see who's on there and I don't even remember some of their names. So I don't know if I'd recognize them unless I saw their, their face in there, but I haven't seen any of them. I was just excited. And it was interesting how I was led sometimes to people where they would open up to me and I'm like, I have got the greatest support for you. And I would tell them about the mothers who know. So for me, finding mothers who know was a blessing in my life. And it's helped me change my parenting. I guess I had gotten myself into such a rut being always afraid of what my daughter was getting herself into, that I was just operating on fear 24-7. I really do believe. And now I feel like I'm in a much better place.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought up the Like Dragons, Did They Fight book. And that you referred to something in that book referred to warrior chemistry as mama bear chemistry. So we'll say that that's what women feel is mama bear chemistry. Uh, Maybe we might understand that better than the term warrior chemistry. And that I can remember you bringing up in our Mothers Who Know meeting that three-second rule. I remember you at the beginning bringing that up in one of our meetings. I can't remember exactly what you said the process of doing that was, but you mentioning how it correlated with the mama bear chemistry and changing your your thoughts and feelings. And I do think it's so cool that you're intuitive to know that you've been led to things. But something that you mentioned just there at the very end about you were operating in a place of fear And would you agree? I just know when I was going through first discovering issues with one of my children and then noticing we, we need to find a place that can support this child way better than we can because it's out of our league, you know, that it's so normal to feel this great amount of fear. What was it that you were afraid of the most? Why do you think you were so afraid?
1: I was afraid that my daughter would put herself in a position where she would no longer have control and could be hurt. I was afraid for her very soul that she was making choices that would take her so far away that she wouldn't know how to get back. She wouldn't feel it was possible. Just as a mom, it's hard watching your child make decisions and believe things that you just don't do know where they came up with these things. It's not what they've been raised in. And for a while, she was able to live a dual life of where she was still that sweet, innocent girl at home and still do her her own sneaky stuff and get herself. I think someone groomed her online. Very scary as a parent when all of a sudden she's now not able to live that double life and she's acting out in a way, crying out for help and you're just in the dark. You don't know what to do. Well, that's how life is a lot of times for us, whatever the situation, we don't see the outcome. We don't see the full picture that our heavenly father sees, but we have to, we have to turn to our heavenly father for help and not operate off of fear Mm -hmm. or else we're losing the battle before we even begin. So that's just my outlook on it. And I don't know if I just went in a different direction than what you
0: were asking. That was perfect. If you were to give counsel to another parent on what it's like to parent your child in a place of fear and parent your child in a place of maybe peace or hope, I'm not sure the term to use there. Because before the interview, you mentioned how important it is for you to to just be able to express how when we're parenting from fear, not useful. So let's describe a little bit of that.
1: Okay. So a little example for me anyways, when I was up operating off of a place of fear, I would almost be pleading with my daughter, you know, tears and don't you see, don't you understand which just, Oh my goodness, drove my daughter away. However, when I came from a place of faith, a place when I'm relying on the Holy Ghost, I found that I was more quiet. I listened more to her. I listened to the spirit. I when I when I s when I spoke and replied to her, because the spirit was there she would respond and she would open it up and we would have such a good conversation with a good positive outcome. Whereas before she would literally leave the house for hours. Sometimes it was dark already. Sometimes it would be dark by the time she came home and I wouldn't know where she was. Sometimes I'd get in the car and follow her, which even made her more upset. And, I can tell you how to do it wrong because I've done it all. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you how to do it right. That's just relying on the Holy ghost. It's coming from a place of fear. And it's also not, I would take it upon myself, like as if it was my responsibility for her to grow up, to be a, an amazing mother, a place where she's happy, where her family's happy. Everything is blissful and wonderful. Instead, I've learned to put that back on her. Yeah, this is your life. You've got to choose what you want. You know, you have to live with these outcomes. You have to live with the, the consequences. consequences of your actions. So, you know, it's up to you. If you want that possible future that could come from, well, that's up to you. And I'm going to love you no matter what. And she's really tested me on that. She stopped going to church, and I am pretty sure she was watching to see what, how we would treat her afterwards. Yeah. And we just came home. How did it go? And she'd say, "I'm." I, it was so boring. And I'm like, yeah, that probably would be. <laughs> and then I'd tell her about, you know, maybe one or two things that I – really enjoyed about church. And I didn't try to make them churchy, churchy, but just um, enjoyed seeing my friends. There was a really good talk. The story was super neat. And this is kind of how it touched me, but I tried to stay away from making it sound like I was trying to push anything on the girl. She's now coming back to church and it was 100% her decision. She stopped going to seminary and she only missed five classes and it was during the same time she stopped going to church but she's now going back and it's 100% her choice and sometimes our children just want to know that they get to live their lives and not live our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. That is so good. You mentioned something earlier as well that I thought was so insightful, and it goes right along with that thought. Our children want to know that they get to live their life, not our life. And you had mentioned that now you know that letting your child have the opportunity to to grow on their own is so important and that we can't orchestrate everything in their life for them. So tell us a little bit about what you've learned about that.
1: You know, the the biggest thing that woke me up to that was my daughter was making some interesting choices. They weren't anything like they had been in the past, but I really wanted my, my first instinct was to come in and, and make a plan for her to lay it out make goals and stuff. And I had to sit back And go back into my own past, into my own childhood, well, my teenage years, of some of the choices I made that my parents were not aware of. And they're nowhere near like what my daughter's going through. But but I made those choices. I saw the error of my ways. I saw how it wasn't working for me. And because of that, I had a strong testimony that that is not what I wanted in life and what really worked. And so I was depriving her. It's like my Heavenly Father just said, remember, and kind of showed me, I want her to have her own testimony, to have her own ability to to know for herself what she wants out of life and what really works that Heavenly Father is here to help us, that there's peace and there's joy there. Whereas Satan wants to just remind us of everything we've done wrong. He wants to hold us back. And in the end, he's not there for us. Mm -hmm. He just drops us as he's laughing and moves on to the next person. And so for my daughter, I wanted her to have, I wanted her to have her own testimony. I wanted her to have, and I realized that my my parenting through fear was really following somebody else's plan, not my Heavenly Father's that I trusted and I loved. So, yeah. And steer me in the right direction again.
0: And just the whole thought of when we are trying to orchestrate, set up their life for them, that, it, yeah, it's an agency thing.
1: It's an agency thing, and it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it doesn't work and nobody's happy. Yeah. So it just doesn't happen. I can't yeah. do it. It's not possible for me to do that for yeah. my child.
0: You know, yeah. I, I love that. It makes me think of that talk about about the music. Can you hear the music? Or do you dance? What was that talk about? Can you hear the music and can you dance? It's like you're teaching your daughter not just how to hear the music of the gospel but the steps, like how to choose how to dance to that music.
1: I'm going to go look up that talk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's by Elder Raz Band. I know that, but I can't remember exactly how he put it, but it was, you know, can you hear the music of the gospel or something like that. But it, the whole principle behind it was that a lot of times we teach our children what the music sounds like, but we never teach them the steps, like how to dance. And so when they become older, And realize I've just gone through all, you know, I've just gone. And maybe I'm saying it backwards. Maybe we're teaching them the steps and they can't hear the music. I bet that's what it is. And so anyway, it's the great talk. Yes. But anyway, I think it's cool because you're teaching your daughter how to solidify her foundation for herself so that when she leaves you, she'll still be standing on it instead of noticing. I knew how to stand on that foundation, or at least what steps it required to stay on that foundation when my parents were orchestrating my decisions in my life. But now that I've left home, and I need to hear the music of the gospel so I can walk these steps because I want to, there's so many that can't do that because they never... Got that foundation on their own, their parents just said these are the steps we take these are all the steps this is how we line up and and act like this is how we live the gospel but especially in our day when things are so intense, the opposition is so great to really solidify I chose to go to seminary. I chose to go to church. I think that was that's just such an insightful thing to because now she, the reason she chose it is because she she's learning to hear the music of the gospel. That makes a difference to me. I like that better. I can hear that. So I want him to take that step. So I, anyway, yeah, we both need to go back and read that book. Me, so I can remember exactly what it said and you, because you haven't read it before and it's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't remember hearing or reading that one. Is that a general conference?
0: Yeah, it is, and it's by Elder Rasband before he was a general, like a, a member of the Twelve.
1: I must have been sleeping during
0: <laughs> anyway. that. I
1: would have remembered it.
0: Yeah. Okay, but I do know it has to do with music and dancing, so there, okay. there's our search. Diane, there's something you mentioned that I think is significant that became really apparent to you when you were reading the Like Dragons, Did They Fight book, and it was like, oh, my word, Satan is talking in my head. That's what he does to me. And so talk a little bit about that, what you discovered about that in the book, and what did you learn more about just what kind of power you have to take back some of that power that you lost, that you've learned in coming to Mother's You Know. what? Tell us a little bit about, first of all, how he does that and what you've noticed.
1: Hmm. Well, I've noticed that in my, my life, when my children were younger, I was not a very happy person who wanted to be happy and put on a happy smile, but wasn't very happy. I kind of guarded that little secret that in my quiet moments I was tormented. I'd be washing dishes, you know, at night, the children were in bed and the tears would just flow. Just such mean things I would hear about myself. I'm um, doing laundry in the laundry room. I remember a day when I, I just was thinking about just what a terrible mother I was. What a terrible person. It's like thoughts of mistakes I'd made that I had already corrected and repented of were coming back to me. And my husband walked in and I don't think he had ever seen me in this state before. And he was just like, what is wrong? And I just didn't hold it inside. I just told him what I've been thinking, the thoughts that were going through my head. And he just said, that is not true. That, That is not true. That is not true. That is not true. And you repented of those things. He asked me a couple of questions and he says, you, you know, to just clarify. And he says, you repented of those why are you listening to it? But just the act of voicing it to my husband actually worked. It wasn't staying in my head. I reached out to help just to someone else and I would set it out loud and I could see clearly that that was not realistic. My thoughts that I was having, but yet that was just a little nugget of truth I gained there, but he was still able to get at me and caused me to go in those little spins that was talked about in the light dragons. Did they fight? But I didn't realize that that's what was happening, but that I just had that my whole life. It's just always, it's always been little voices in my head. But after I started realizing what voice I was hearing and where it was coming from, and it wasn't myself. Once I realized that, then I was able to, kick it out, like what I had learned from my daughter's first, well, not my first, her first real good therapist, but <laughs> was able to kick it out, and if I didn't fast enough use that mama bear chemical, and I was able to recognize it and see it, and I was just able to say, mm, I don't think so, I'm not listening to you, and I found it becoming easier to rebound not well first rebound but then pretty soon just telling him to just leave me alone and I just found that he was not bothering me as much because he did not have a foothold he didn't have a way to get in and but of course that doesn't mean that at some weak moment or when you're not realizing he's not able to get a foothold in again. So it's something that for our whole lives we have to stay on top of and we have to recognize and we have to continue feeding our spirits. And we have to continue putting on the armor of God so that we are strong and we can fight against. It is a lifelong, lifelong battle if you want to call it a battle. But putting on the armor of God needs to be every day because it gives us it gives us power to act for ourselves instead of being acted upon and I feel like for a large percentage of my life I allowed myself to be acted upon without realizing it I didn't know that that's what was happening yeah and now that I've now that I have found which voice to listen to and to recognize when it's Satan's voice, then I'm able to act for myself more. it's like those chains are gone, mm-hmm. or at least mostly gone. I'm sure I still have work to do and but I think for the most part I've learned to recognize it yeah. when he starts trying to hang me back up so
0: that's yeah. awesome in Mother know, you coming in. To Mothers you know tell us some of the favorite things that have helped you in Mothers who know, one of the things I know that you you've kind of coined a phrase in Mothers who know that people people have started saying because you started saying it, and it is and it is armor up you've said when when I armor up, we need to armor up, and that's something that we hadn't coined till you came. You said how important it is to armor up and um so that yeah.
1: Some things I've gotten from women who know, or mothers who know, that I use in my everyday life. I use it talking to people, talking to myself, and that is doing things with purpose. Just purposefully pray to my Heavenly Father, purposefully read my scriptures, purposefully study, purposefully have a conversation with my daughter, with my husband. I love that because it changes the focus of everything. It changes what I get out of everything. So I love, I love that phrase that I've heard you say. I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. I love it. In fact, I'm going back to school and I'm taking a religion class and I have used that in discussion boards with, with other people. So it's going further than our Mothers who know now it's going into all of these other people's lives So I'm saying doing it with purpose, which makes another, a huge difference. And another one that is really big for me is stay by the tree. I love that analogy of the tree of life, Lehi's dream and how, It's not just enough to come to the tree and partake of the fruit, partake of the love of God, partake of the blessings that come through the atonement. We have to stay there. And don't walk away. If my daughter's staying home from church, she's walking away from the tree, I need to stay there. Don't stay home with her. Go to church, partake of the Spirit, bring that Spirit back home, and share it with her. So... And then, I mean, you can use it in analogies and so many other ways of life too, but it's my favorite. Just stay by the tree. Don't leave it. Don't, don't allow Satan to get a foothold in because that's leaving the tree. Stay mm-hmm. there. And if he does, kick him out. He doesn't belong there. Just knock him off the shoulder. He <laughs> doesn't belong. Yeah. And it's beautiful that our Heavenly Father has given us that power, the power to heavenly Father placed enmity between Eve and his well between Eve and us and him, we can hate what he represents and what he stands for, and we can stay by the tree, not that analogy, I love the picture in my home of Stay by the tree. Judy Cooley did I absolutely love it it to me it just brings a lot of peace when I look at it it just represents so much of what I've learned from warrior mothers who know and mothers who know that I will take that with me the rest of my life
0: yeah
1: rest of my life
0: yeah for sure Uh, Diane if there was something you could say to a mother who's in a dark place Like, either I'm feeling a lot of shame because I have a child who is making the kind of choices that that bring me a lot of shame, or that make me feel like it's all my fault, or I have a child who needs support, and that's embarrassing. That means I'm not a good mom, because, look, my child has to have support outside of me. You know, what would you say that you've learned about those kinds of things in your journey with your daughter and the resources Just what have you? What would you want to say to another mom that's in a place that maybe she's she's just not sure what to do?
1: First of all, I would say you are not alone. There are, I would say, more mothers struggling with this than mothers not struggling with it. We are just all. Satan keeps us quiet. He keeps us isolated and away from. So we need to come out of the dark. We need to come out of that isolation and become part of something bigger and better like mothers who know, warrior mothers who know, which gives so much support as we're going through these. We can say, this is what I'm having a hard time with. And other mothers can say, oh, I've gone through that and this this is what helped me, which is so helpful. Another thing that I would say is, and it's really hard in the beginning, but to not act with fear. And sometimes you get locked, you get in that trap. And I know I said that already, you get you get in that place and you don't know how to get out, but you just have to start turning towards Heavenly Father. I love in Nephi, second Nephi chapter four, Lehi has just died. He's passed away and Nephi has his brothers that are starting to complain and cause all kinds of friction again. And Nephi is having these frustrated thoughts. Maybe he's, maybe he's spoken really roughly to his brothers, calling them to repentance. And he's feeling, he's, he's feeling all of this in him and he's feeling like a wretched man and he's in turmoil and he's, he's just in a really, really, really bad place where we've all been, we've all been there. You have Satan that's playing on that and he loves it because then he can try it. That's how he tries to get in, but he turns away. I love Nephi and I call it in my own life, I call it the nevertheless moment. This is when he turns away from his grief and looks towards Heavenly Father and says, I know in whom I have trusted. And after I read that, I had my own nevertheless moment where my daughter had taken off and I'm in the car because it's dark now and I'm worried about her. And I'm looking for her and I have schoolwork that I need to be doing at home. And going through my head, I'm like, why is she doing this? This is, she, this is totally taking over my evening, you know, and I'm upset and I'm just going over and over these things in my head, kind of like a little cycle is starting. <laughs> and all of a sudden I remember that scripture and I say, but nevertheless, not out loud, but it was in my mind, nevertheless, I know to whom I trust. And who I look to for comfort, and in that moment, all of those bad feelings just dissolved and went away. As I had my own nevertheless moment, and I changed my view and my outlook. So that's what I—that's what I would want to say to another mother going through this: is you need to find a way to look away from, to look to our heavenly Father allow the atonement to work in our lives. It's for more than just sin. It's to help us with our burdens, to take it and make them light so that we can endure whatever it is we're going through. And so by the time she, my daughter came home that night, well, actually I found her at the junior high and at a table talking to a boy, she got in the car and I didn't get mad at her. We didn't have a fight because of that. We had a really good conversation. And, because nothing, nothing helps if you're fighting and you're both hitting, I don't know how to say that, hitting heads, beating heads against each other <laughs> or against the wall or whatever. Nothing good comes of that. the spirit can't be there. The spirit can't work with it. And so we have to find a way to turn away from the struggle that we're going through and turn towards our heavenly father and put faith in him. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. I think Christ had his own moment in the garden of Gethsemane where he said, but nevertheless, Thy will be done.
0: Yeah.
1: And So we need to be able to do that ourselves Mm -hmm. for our children. And only then will we start to see things starting to change in our relationship with our children, and then they can grow, and then they can start making decisions for themselves because
0: there's not all that conflict, yeah, fighting. Oh, so beautiful, so great, Diane. Thank you so much, and thank you for thank you for showing up in mothers who know you make such a difference there, and. Thank you for sharing so much of your heart in this interview because both our prayer before we started was that this would be a resource that another mother could listen to and understand that, that there, there's a different way. There might be a better way and that there's a lot of hope and so much hope. Yeah. And even in great weakness, even, more strength than you ever imagined can show up in your child once they start getting it, but first it has to happen in us. Have you noticed that like the great strength that you've gained before it could start happening with your child? you had to move to a different place where you could feel strength,
1: and an interesting thing happened. I didn't realize that there was so much lacking in my life, but as as I've moved myself to a better position and stayed at the tree, love that Mm -hmm. phrase. Mm -hmm. Can't say it enough. (laughs) But as I've done that, I've seen so much growth in me. I'm resilient. When this first happened, I about broke. There was nothing resilient in me. And now looking back, I have become so resilient. Yeah. That's a good thing. I don't need to fall apart every time my child makes a bad decision because then I can't help my child if I'm falling apart. Yeah. So being resilient, I think for me is the best thing I've gained from everything I've learned and I've grown from. There's lots of good things, but I think that's the biggest
0: for sure. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here.
1: You're welcome.